Welcome to issue 146 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. Welcome to CENN, Critical Encounters News Network, where the lines between hero and villain just depend on whose propaganda you're listening to. Hello, I'm your anchorman, Rick Mason, coming to you from our studio in an undisclosed location inside an active volcano. Stay tuned for later in the broadcast when special guest J. Jonah Jameson will join us to talk about the current crisis facing professional sports community. Should mutants be allowed to play professional sports? Do they have an unfair advantage or is it just plain cheating? But first, our top story tonight. The upcoming National Sandcastle Building Competition comes to Bill Baker Memorial Park, sponsored in part by Oscorp Pharmaceuticals. Oscorp Pharmaceuticals, gobbling up your troubles. Have you seen this new product by Oscorp Pharma? They call the Simple Biotics, Symbiotics for short. It's a new skincare product. Some sort of out of this world black salve that promises forever youth. It's all the rage right now. I know I got a bottle for that special someone in my life, and you should too. This just in. Word of a massive rhino attacking the downtown area. We're going to see if we can get a closer shot. Alec, Alec, are you there? I'm here, Brick. It appears a massive Russian rhino, agitated by several wall crawlers, has surfaced and has caused a panic in the streets as he goes about breaking things in his path. Alec, uh, has he been taking things as well? Not as of yet. And while I don't normally editorialize, he does look angry. The rhino is headed this way. I may need to take some cover. After all, Brick, it is now or never. Conservationists say rhinos are endangered, but who's in danger now, Alec? Well, Brick, it appears the rhino has turned toward the new Fisk Supermall. I don't know what his scheme is now, but if anyone is about to do something, now might just be the time. See if you can get a closer look, Alec. In the meantime, let's check in on those sports scores. The Project Pegasus team has defeated the Miracle Men in another close matchup. Stay tuned for the weather report with meteorologist David Monroe, who will explain to us these constantly changing weather patterns we are seeing in upstate. Now, back to Alex on the scene. Alex, Alex, are you there? I am, Brick, and there has been a development. Avenger allies have arrived and have brutally, some might say unfairly, defeated the Rhino after destroying the new mall, leaving many here to wonder just who is the real rampaging beast. Back to you in the studio. Thank you, Alex. Well, folks, stay tuned for more on this developing story. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Ugh, Steve, can you turn that off? bores me. Oh, sure, no problem. Ugh. Want to talk about some cards? Yeah, let's talk about some cards. Um, how about we talk about the City in Chaos modular set? 
Yeah. Would this be the first modular set that we've ever talked about from the Sinister Motos box? It would be. Oh. And it only has five total cards, four by name. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. This is the first set that they suggest you play with in Sandman. So it's a good spot to start. It is. And we've already talked about the Rhino. Well, I say we. You guys have talked about Rhino way back in the day. Yeah, you say you guys, but really it was Daniel who's not here. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we don't have a, a backstory to read. No, you could go listen to our previous issue number three <laughs> and four. Yep. Issue number three and four. There you go. So we did learn in that those episodes, he's kind of uh, uh, somewhat sympathetic. He's doing all of this for his child. So He's got some really sympathetic storylines. I've talked about the Miles Morales series, right? Where he teams up with Rhino. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's uh, it's one of the uh, now I, I don't even know the year. I want to say 2018 ish, maybe. Recent. Yeah, very recent. And there's one where Spider-Man, you know, catches this uh, this robbery in progress, and he's about to intervene, and then this Rhino comes in and you know knocks a bunch of people over, and of course, uh, what does Morales do? Well, he he starts a fight, right? Because there's sure. this big Rhino. He just assumes the Rhino's the bad guy. And Alex trying to say, hey, wait, no, no, he says, no, no talking. And he starts fighting him and gives him his, you know, venom blast and standard, quote unquote, hero stuff, right? Doesn't hear the guy sure. out. It turns out Rhino is actually just looking for, I believe that might be his daughter at that point, too. The daughter is niece. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's trying to get a lead on where she was and he knows she was kidnapped. So he actually teams up with Miles Morales for a bit uh, against Tombstone. Oh, okay, cool. Interesting storyline, and a very... It gives him another dimension. I really like that. Well, what about his card? Why don't you, why don't you read the card? You seem to be sure. close, closer. Close to the... Action. To Rhinos? Sure, yeah, I, I was close... Yeah, close to the action. Yeah. Uh, Rhino is a minion. Zero scheme. Three attack. Eight hit points. Mm. Three boost icons. Mm -hmm. Criminal and elite. Steady. Okay, so it requires two status cards to be stunned or confused. And Rhino's attacks gain overkill and piercing. Oh, yeah. It's not bad. He's pretty good. I mean, it's the usual. He doesn't have quick strike, but but eight hit points. Yeah, he can That's take good. a hit. Yeah, he can take a hit. And I like that he's steady because, yeah. Because he... it can't just stun him and then do enough damage over two rounds. You have to do two stuns or you got to really hit them really hard early on i also like the uh overkill and piercing so you can't just chump block or tough block of, yeah yeah and in solo games i think he makes for some really interesting decisions because he's yes he's got his awful attack but he's got zero scheme so yes you can flip but when you're playing solo you've got those really tight threat thresholds and maybe you don't want to flip if you're just doing it to avoid rhino's attack maybe you're biting off more than you can chew so I, I do like the way it's designed. Yeah, me too. I think I think he feels like Rhino. Yes. It's nice to have the Rhino villain and the Rhino minion both sort of feel the same, right? Like the overkill feels like he has the charge and the piercing feels like he's got his horn and like yeah, yeah. It, it matches. I like it. Good. All right, well, let me let me tell you what Rhino's doing. He's causing a panic in the streets. So this is a side scheme with five threat, two boost icons. Treat the printed text box of each location support 
and each persona support as if it were blank, except for traits, with an acceleration icon on it. Okay, so I have to think about this. So locations <laughs> and personas are blank. So those locations, I want to assume that's like your safe house, Captain America's apartment. Right. Is it that kind of thing? Yeah, because he must be smashing them up, so they're not any good right now. Oh, yeah. And then the personas, guys like Bruno or Genki Lee, they're panicking, so they're not able to do the thing they normally do for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then acceleration. There's a clever little synergy here, too, because if you've gone to Alter Ego to avoid his three attack, and your locations are also blank, then you're not getting the benefits for being an Alter Ego. Yep. And in some cases, even the personas. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a good, good little side scheme. I mean, it can be just an acceleration. If you are playing a hero that doesn't use locations or personas, it really doesn't, whatever, it's, it's, it's no big deal. But if you That's are true. using those, like the heroes that come in this box have some of these location, these supports, it, you know, should have some impact. That's a good point. But you know what? I think that speaks again. This is also incredibly well designed in that sense because in a four-player game, someone's going to be using them. Right. Odds are someone is going to care. And if anyone's not going to care, it's going to be in a solo game, right? Like you said. But that acceleration icon suddenly counts for a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it kind of hits you both ways. Yeah. No, it's good. All right. Well, the next one, I well, we guess we've got two different treacheries. One is called Calling in Favors. You know, this is a quote-unquote hero card in the Arkham game. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. Okay, treachery with two boost icons. When revealed, Rhino schemes with plus two scheme. If Rhino is not in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for the Rhino minion and put him into play engage with you. Shuffle. Okay. It's good stuff. Yeah. Again, did you go to Alter Ego to avoid him? Well, maybe he'll scheme, and if not... I. Being able to tutor out Rhino is really important for a deck that's small. Sorry, for a modular yeah. set that's small. Yeah, it gets to fetch Rhino, or he schemes for plus two. That's so good. Okay, an aside here in uh, in Arkham Horror, calling in favors is you, you pull back an ally to search your deck for another ally. So it's it's a callback to that, and I love it. Yeah, it goes fetches something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's interesting how he schemes with plus two, so it's like zero plus two. Now, yep. if you are playing this in Rhino, the Rhino villain would be scheming, right? That's right, because the actual Rhino would just fizzle. It would right, whiff. the minion would like surge or something, right? If or he just yeah, he can't come out. So um, that's brutal in original Rhino. We've already talked about how tight his threat threshold is. Right, where in a one advance can take you out. This is an advance plus two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You got to worry about that threat pretty much uh, now or never. Which is the next treachery. <laughs> Boom. Uh, there are two of these, and they're peril. So while you're resolving this card, other players cannot help you. They're not supposed to be able to help you, cancel it, or you're not supposed to ask them for which choice they would like either, right? Because this yeah. says, when revealed, choose. Place one acceleration token on the main scheme, or exhaust a character you control and spend one resource of any type with one boost icon. Hmm. Do you ever pick an acceleration token? Well, okay, I, I I do have a problem with this card. Okay. And it's because it seems to be the opposite of Panic in the Streets. You know, I said in that one, it's four-player, you go one way, solo, the other, 
it's the acceleration icon that's worse. Well, in this case, the acceleration icon, the, the choice between an acceleration icon and exhausting a character only matters really in solo. But then you don't need peril because there's only one player. Oh, Whereas right. In, in four player, that acceleration token means nothing. So the peril doesn't matter. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, I, but I mean, in a two player game, the acceleration token still is fairly, it can be impactful. Okay, I can see that in two. Yeah. Yeah, four player, you're right. It's not as big a deal. I think what's going to happen too is you, I mean, if you can't choose to exhaust the character or you don't have a resource to spend, you have to pick the other option. Right. Now we have to talk about this in context. This is in the Sandman scenario. Yeah. Where if acceleration icon, if, if acceleration tokens matter in any scenario, it's Sandman. So true. I true. guess it's a more difficult decision there. Yeah. Yeah, because if you put that acceleration on Sandman, he deals damage to the first player, right? That's how that this how? works. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. Well, it's a small little set. Um, I think it's pretty fun. I like it. Yeah, it 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 does what it does. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, you know, it, it it gives me a callback to um, a bunch of the modules we got in the Green Goblin scenario pack, right? Where it was Scorpion and a bunch of his cards, Electro and a bunch of his cards, like so. And those were all like Sinister Six or Spider Man type villains. And here we are doing more Sinister stuff, more Spider Man type villains with the same feel for this little modular. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it it feels basic in a sense. And yeah. I think part of that is because Rhino is the first villain. I think we all have it in our heads that that's just basic. But uh, it has its place in this box. Sure. Yep. Now, if you had to give it a grade, what kind of grade would you be giving it? I say if you had to, and you do have to. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's very... I, I find it tough to rate these sets that are only five cards. But there is the card that tutors him out. Let's give it a B plus. That seems fair. Because it seems like small sets like, uh, what was the other one we did in the Hood set? The uh, Mr. Hyde? Yeah, Beastie Boys. It feels like Hyde brings out more of Hyde than this brings out more of Rhino. Mm, okay. So I feel like if you want the Rhino flavor, you may or may not get it. I don't know. That's, that's my takeaway. Yeah, no, that seems fair. I play a lot of solo too, right? So take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Well, no, that sounds good. And uh, I asked Daniel if he had a grade for it, and he said no. So. Oh, well, thank you, Straight Daniel, for no. agreeing with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Whatever Mike says, he's brilliant. If people wanted to tell us how brilliant you were, Mike, how would they do that? <laughs> I am not even going to do my usual preface. Uh, I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. And you can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Rhino, take us out. I'll only help you if you let me break things and take them. One more thing, Brick. Recent studies have shed light on use of the term gross. Gross, also known as a great dozen, refers to 12 squared or 144. Likewise, a great gross is 12 cubed 
or 1,728. The term dates back to the 15th century, though it has long since fallen out of use. Out of use, that is, except in America, where groups such as the Dozenal Society of America, yes, Brick, that is a real society, advocate for doing away with the decimal system and replacing it with the duodecimal system. This, of course, makes great sense, but only if you're counting eggs. God bless America. That's right. God bless America. <laughs> oh my God, really? Yup. There. Hang on. <laughs> well, you know what they say, Alec. You can't make an omelet unless you break a few eggs. A few great gross eggs, Brick. All right. I don't think anybody cares anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord.